the teen years, all of a sudden, it just hits our kids, right? And yeah. we're either going to agree with the culture and the world around us, or we're going to align and agree with God. That's right. Well, welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. This is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where we encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. That is to prioritize your physical presence, be engaged emotionally, and lead spiritually by example. It's all about engaging dads and raising a godly generation and reinvigorating the church on the fathering front. Uh, This podcast, we're uh, talking about the transition as we uh, move from being a a coach to teenage kids to a a counselor to grown adult kids. This is is a transition that's not easy again because it comes very very quickly. But a couple of times as a dad, Rick, we, we... uh, I think there's some snippets in here, you know, when we uh, teach our kids how to ride bicycles, you know, we, we teach them and then we run beside them, coach them, and then we have to let go of them. Uh, your kids and my kids are old enough. We remember when we uh, taught them to drive, mm-hmm. you know, we uh, went through the classwork to teach them to drive. We, uh, uh, we, we uh, stayed in the passenger seat while we went and squirreled around on some country roads. And then we uh, drove some neighborhood roads and then we got the interstate and then we drove in the big city and then you establish a comfort factor, but then you had to hand the keys over and that, that increases a dad's prayer life. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but yes. I, again, I want to recommend, I want to welcome, Rick Torson here to uh, join us on this podcast to talk through some of the challenges we face as our kids move into that adult realm, how we father a teenager versus how we father an adult child. Uh, any any suggestions huh. or comments or encouragement? I think I said to this before, but uh, you know, any let me know. If you, <laughs> if you figure it out, let me know. It's you know, my son is I think as we were talking, my son's now twenty six, my daughter's twenty three, um, adopted from birth. You know, so we've talked about their story and just the whole journey, some uniqueness of how they've been raised and the challenges that they've had. And I would have to say, in my understanding of this transition, I'm still trying to understand it. Even though my son's 26 and my daughter's 23, because of the trauma in their lives, I would say that their age of how they're processing is probably a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Their physical age is one thing, but their their maturing is probably at a, at a little you know younger age in the process just because of trauma. Trauma has a way to mark us at places. And one thing I realized is, for me, it was, it's been learning how to shift from this place of protection and control. Because there was, in my son's life, we talked about there's some suicide issues. My daughter was in an abusive relationship and things that were going on there that, you know, we just wanted to rescue and save and control. And, and that's where I was at for a while was that controlling. But I think control is a myth, right? It, it, you know, we think we're controlling, we think we're protecting, we think we're saving, we think we're coaching. And even coaching can be a little bit of controlling in how we do it. But there is that point as they get older of how do we begin to release? The great example of you're running with your hand on the back of the bike. They don't know it's there. They think they're doing it, but it's still there, right? I think where I've been the last few years of my life is I've had my hand on the back of that bike probably longer than I need to. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning. I'm still in that place of learning that that I can't really control anything. Right, right. There is that point, as you talk about, in the first 10 years where there's more control, there's more influence, where we're actively engaged in shaping their mindset and what they believe and what they think. But, you know, from those teenage years to the current years to the as they get to be parents and adults and they go through that, it's it's really more about me realizing that I need to let go. And what does that look like? What does counseling look like? What does it look like to come alongside? Mm-hmm. I talk about it 
uh, you know, about being a bumpers in the bowling alley, right? With at some point, you know, you're that bumper and they're beating themselves back and forth as they go down to the pins. But at some point, the bumpers have to come out, right? right? right. And so it's, I think that's where I'm at. So if I was honest, I don't have it figured out. But what I realize more and more is I have to learn to listen better. I haven't been the best listener. And I think that counseling side is really just about listening and not fixing. Right. Right. right? And, and I think for men, sometimes that's hard because our nature is fix. Our wives, our children, they're in trouble. I've been there. I know how to do that. Just let me do it for you. And, you know, I'm also a coach and leadership trainer. And so I coach people in their lives and in that counseling side of that place of saying, you know, let me listen. Let me offer some thoughts. And then what do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you what are you going to do? How are you going to approach this? And, and really being more responsive mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. their journey than directive in their journey right. and allowing them to to walk it out. I, I realized this at an early age. It's better to let them fall and stumble and skin their knee at an early age and get back up and figure it out than to save them all the time. Because when they get older, you're not going to be there to save them all the time. So exactly. sure. trying to trying to learn that transition has been, if I'm honest, it's been a challenge for me. I've, I've struggled with that. I'm struggling with that with my daughter and with my son of letting go and understanding they were gods before they were mine. He loves them greater than I do. Yeah. His desire and purpose and plan for them is greater than mine. They were created for destiny and purpose and calling. Mm-hmm. My job isn't to execute that justice and that calling and that destiny. My job is to speak encouragement and life into that for them as they explore and learn. And Does, does that make yeah. sense, I know, Rick? I know, you, I know the, you, the, the challenge a lot of times for young dads. I mean, I think of myself and yourself as well. I mean, our first 10 years weren't always the, the rosiest. Yeah. One thing I did have in my first 10 years was a, a devout Catholic mother that made sure I was at church. I was an altar boy. I, yeah. had, I had a foundation of, of religion and faith and understanding oh, of good. that. But that foundation was there. But for me, uh, as a dad, as a young dad, I was trying to establish my career. I thought it was all about providing and surviving to battle another day so yes. that I provide well for my family because I was trying to get my family above the poverty line that I'd grown up well below. So the the the, the focus a lot of times in those early years isn't to provide the child the foundation that's needed because that's my message to young dads yeah, out there so that are good. listening to this podcast. Focus those early years to provide the foundation, the foundation that is uh, your faith, uh, the family values you want to instill, because the firmer that foundation, the better the reference point when they get into those teen years that you can say, okay, now you're being exposed to something outside our home. This is why we emphasize this in our home. And so as they process that, you watch them grow and through that in teen years, then when you have to let go, then you understand at least they're able to rationalize but my trouble was a lot of my foundation was cracked yeah (laughs) and i'm afraid i cracked a little bit on my my kids as well i told my kids i said hey we don't have a college fund for you we have a counseling fund for you (laughs) right so when you get old enough and you realize all the damage we caused in your life we've got this fund over here for you to go get therapy and counseling right we joke but oh my gosh i think it's kind of true you know the other thing i would say from what you said is i would tell dads give yourself a break Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. You're doing the best you can, right? You, you said it. It's so true. And I, this is what I'm holding on to now. I may not have made all the right decisions. I may not have done all the right things. I may have messed up a little bit in those early years. But I know 
at the heart of it, what I instilled in my kids, the values we made sure they understood, the stories, the experiences of our family, of what family means. And I know those seeds are in there. Mm -hmm. And so that time when they kind of go away and they come back around where my kids are in their 20s, our kids are older now, right? I'm going, I know the seeds that are there. And I'm just waiting to watch those seeds come into bloom. So when they explore and they're trying to figure out what does life look like, relationship, marriage, family, what does all this mean to me? And they go back. I know the seeds of, of truth and life and love are there. Mm-hmm. And I would tell dads, I'd say, you know, if you've loved and you've stick and you're there and you're present, all the things that you talk about, give yourself a break. Trust that. Those seeds are there. When, when they grow up, they will not depart from, right? The scripture talks about that, right? I, I believe that with all that I am. Sure. And I keep speaking to my kids. I know what's in you. You may not see it yet, but I know what your mom and I put in you. Yeah, that doesn't mean dads can go on cruise control. No, no, <laughs> but, 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 but it's do. an understanding that it's there. Absolutely. Now your role is different. Trust what you've instilled in them and trust that the Heavenly Father is going to take those good seeds and he's going to bring those into fruition. Um, in their lives. And I always point to ourselves, right? Dad, you know, if God can pull us out of where we were, we serve an awesome God. So you're absolutely right to tell dad, stop beating up on yourself. But by the same token, take responsibility to be intentional to reflect the Heavenly Father better today than yesterday, better tomorrow than today. Yeah, and it's a journey, right? It's It's a learning process. I know you've given your life message to this process of helping fathers on this journey. And it's the transitions of lives. It's as much our transition as a dad as it is the transitions that they're going through. Right. You know, we're guides, we're stewards of a life that the Lord had given us. Whether our kids are adopted like mine or they're natural born, we're still just stewards. Right, that's we're exactly We're stewards right. of their lives. I, there was a dad I know that uh, provided the foundation. He uh, coached him through the teen years. And, and one day his son came in and said, uh, I'm going to move in with my girlfriend. And the dad realized he wasn't asking him right. for advice right. or anything else. He just said, this is the way it's going to be. Yeah. So he had a choice, back to your point. Yeah. Does he draw a line in the sand and, right. uh, and destroy the relationship? Oh, so or does he love unconditionally and just say, son, I disagree with your choice, but there's nothing you can do right. to keep me from loving you? That's, that's so true because one of my core values for me is that I value relationship over being right. What that means for me is right will win. God's principle, it'll win at the end. I don't have to push being right as my kids are older. I I used to push being right when they were younger because there were truths I wanted them to get. But at this point, my fighting for what I know is right, even if I know they're making a mistake at this point, is not worth losing relationship. So I value the relationship with them because I know right will ultimately win. But what good is right if I'm not sitting at the table with them? What good is right if I don't have relationship, right? Exactly. And so that's, that's that same thing that's just been one of those things I've held on to. And I've got to learn to do that better now is I don't agree with some of his choices. I don't agree with some of the things he's doing. I can see where they could lead if, it's, if he's not careful with that. But you know what? I could push being right. I could draw the line. But I'd probably lose relationship. We learn that in marriage too, don't we? It's It's, always about being right. Everything in life, just (laughs) the the trusting God and just stay engaged in relationships.
And you've been married 30 years, right? I have been married My 30 years. My bride and I are 41 years, so Come you have on. 71 years Come of experience on. dads to lean on here. Come too. on, yeah. Well, <laughs> 71 about years being, of things you can learn from, right? It isn't so, about being right. And, it, it isn't. And, uh, and as a dear friend of mine would always say, now, was that 31 years of experience or was that 31 times where you had one year's experience? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's worth it. You know, I would just say this. It's, it's worth it. Hang in. Keep digging. Give yourself some oxygen, you know, breathe. Um, this too will pass. I don't know what it looks like. I had people say this to me in our journey. Rick, it's going to be okay. God has a calling and a destiny for your kids, right? So it's all going to be okay. And I, I would embrace it. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. It's not okay. <laughs> it's, it's not okay. And the other thing is they, our kids have got to choose to play. Mm -hmm. Just because God has, I, I, I say this with, so I've pastored for 20 years. I was a youth minister for a long time. I've buried a lot of kids for different reasons. God had a destiny, a future, and a hope for every one of those kids. Mm -hmm. My son attempted suicide seven times. Fortunately, he's still here and he's grown through it, right? But any one of those times could have ended differently. Right, right. So as a dad is, is processing through, I had to release and say, you know, live or die, I can't control that. What I can control is how I engage in love right here. And yes, God has a destiny and a future and hope for our kids. I trust that. I believe that. But at some point, this goes to what you're saying. They have to choose to believe it too. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. have to choose to engage it. They have to choose to play the game, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's our job. That's my job now is helping my son and my daughter say, listen, you got a choice. You can do whatever. This is your go get it. Mm -hmm. But understand, you've got to choose. Mm -hmm. There mm -hmm. is a future and hope for you. There is a better way. There is this thing that God has for you. But he's not a puppet master. Right. You know what that is. And sometimes we can get so hooked on uh, that it's going to be okay that we don't live in the now. Yeah. It's a lot of time. And I, I, a dear friend lost his dad uh, just uh, a year ago, and he 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 made the comment that his dad told him that he says. Uh, uh, stop saying it's going to be okay. Yeah, it's okay where I am right now. Yes, and, so and we embrace where we're at right now. We meet our children where they are right now. Yeah. Then we can allow them to yeah. uh, provide that their own answers and get to their own conclusion on yeah. what the next steps are. Rick, I, I think that's so profound what you just said, and I really, I really believe this is our problem is we try to define okay by our human standards of okay means this. What if God's okay is different than our okay? Which do I want? Mm -hmm. I want God's okay. Mm -hmm. But okay may have pain in it. Okay may have not what I expected or thought. Mm -hmm. But if I trust God that he says he works all things together for his good, right? For those who, love, those him, who love him. Right? It's, Romans 8, 28. It isn't, it isn't my definition. And when I can release that and say, I had to do this with my son. Because there was one night, it was really close, and God woke me up in the middle of the night. And I ran to the garage. I didn't know. I just, I just woke up. Something wasn't right. I looked at my phone, and my son said, I'm sorry, I love you. That was a text. And I thought, okay, what's that mean? I ran to the garage. He was sitting in the garage by the exhaust pipe of his truck. If he wouldn't have woke me up, what would have happened? I don't know. But here's the thing God did with me. And I say that for this reason. He said, Rick, live or die, it's going to be okay. Right. 
He's not yours. He's mine. And until you release him, I can't do what only I can do. He basically said, Rick, you're in my way. Mm. Yeah, you're stewarding. Yes, you love. And yes, but you're in my way. Mm. You think you're the one that's going to save him. Mm. And he said, you can't be there all the time. You can't be in every moment. You can't. You can't. So you have to let go. Release him to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that was... That's tough. It's a hard deal, right? Mm-hmm. I had to realize, live or die, do I trust God? Two things come to mind that uh, one of my favorite uh, devotions is Oswald Chambers, My mm-hmm. Most for His Highest. Yes. He always says that, uh, you know, we can't do what God does, but He's not going to do what we can do. Yeah. You could wake up, you could get on your horse and find out what that situation yeah. was. Yeah. God stepped into that yes. and filled it. The other thing He always says is that God doesn't speak to us audibly. He speaks to us through our circumstances. Yeah. So if we're not in the right. okay time Man, where we are yeah. right now, then we're not hearing what he has to say. Man, I hope the dads that are listening hear what you just said because it's finding that place of peace to say, I, I need to be aligned with my father. When I'm aligned with my father, it's I think you probably know, I, I believe it's God, man, wife, and I don't mean this in the legal, right, right, right. and children and what we do. And when we're in alignment, there's protection, there's, there's revelation, there's wisdom. And so if we, was, as godly men, seek to align ourselves with the heart of our Father, then it's like a vacuum. I really believe it begins to bring in alignment those other relationships. It's when we step out of alignment that we can't hear, that we expose our kids and our wives to, to things that they weren't meant to be exposed to. So I really think what you just said is, dads, if you don't hear anything else, Work hard to align yourself with your Father, to sit in His presence, to hear and ask and to pray and to seek His heart for you mm-hmm. in whatever you're going through. He has something to say about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However He speaks to you, motions, environment, but He has something to say. Right. Find rest in Him right. as you're going through. Right. And these times, I think dads get a lot of frustration as yeah. well. There's a lot of anxiety out there. Yeah. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 come to mind that yes. uh, don't be anxious about anything, but, but be in everything every with prayer day. and supplication, with thanksgiving, Thank present you. your request to God. And then you'll understand that, that, you'll, that the peace that surpasses all understanding will come upon you. And that peace isn't like uh, uh, everything's rosy and good right. and lovely. That shalom, oh, so shalom is the positive state of rightness and well-being in the midst in of the midst battle. Of. So that's so that's good. where we are. So the the challenge I think is to to release that uh, anxiety, release all the noise from the outside and focus on where he has you where yeah, he has you is to be the father you're called to be and, and his representative in family that's, I, again i'm just you're you're just giving gold to me and to everyone that's listening that peace thing right he says i am peace so peace isn't the absence of strife and conflict right no, no. peace is for me peace is the knowledge and the awareness the presence of god in the midst of the conflict or the chaos mm-hmm. right because what do you see my peace i give you isn't like the world but we think peace is this when this goes away i'll have peace well what if it doesn't go away that's what i had to wrestle with my son what if it doesn't change is am i only going to have peace when he's healthy and whole and life is perfect okay i may never have or can i have peace in the going through because i recognize my father is in control and in charge his ways may not be my ways right. how he does it may not be how i wanted to right. but 
But I've got to trust that his unconditional love loves me so much that he's going to work on my behalf. He's jealous for me. He's more jealous for my son and my daughter than he is, than I am. Absolutely. And when I own, when I own that, there's, I think there's a piece there that says, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, it's like, okay. And back, to, and back to your alignment. I mean, that's the, he wants us aligned under his word. So you got to pull the sword out of his sheath, the yeah. word of God, yes. and live into that, that yes. he calls you to. That uh, That's how we cut through the devil's schemes, right? Yeah. To pull the word of God out and uh, cut through the schemes that, dis- that distract, that destroy, that come wow. to kill and steal and destroy. And to, to, again, navigate all of that in absolute unconditional love for our sons and for our daughters. It's, it's the choice of agreeing to believe to believe to agree with the word of God not the word of culture or man Absolutely. because that's bombarding us you said I mean the teen years all of a sudden that just hits our kids right and yeah. we're either going to agree with the culture and the world around us or we're going to align and agree with God that's right it's hard for young people because the pressures are great, but it's where we sit, we're going, oh no, it's not hard I, I, I understand it now how can we pass that wisdom how can we guide counsel our kids to say listen i know the world's weight is heavy you feel all this and it's real embrace that it's a real feeling but what if that feeling's not true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right and, that, and that's what that goes back to that foundation yes. right that foundation yes. dad young dads that foundation is the word of god yes. <laughs> and that's the absolute word that the kids have to be grounded in because a lot of relativity is going to come to them in the mid in the teen years and they need to go back to that absolute as they mature rick what are those three things you say it's part of your ministry your tagline there's three things that prioritize physical presence presence that's jesus yep and be engaged emotionally, emotionally that's the Holy, yeah. Holy Spirit, and then lead spiritually by example. So that's that's present father. Yeah, the presence, the emotions, the the connection there, and and then the example. An example doesn't mean perfect. No. Right. And so just there's so much freedom in those three things. If we would just, if the people listening, and for me, if I would just grab those three things and say, it's not rocket science. No. Don't have to be. Pre- I don't have to get this all figured out. But just be present, mm-hmm. right? Lead by example. You're, when you mess up, confess, repent, and return. Let them know. Let them. Let them see that, right? Exactly. And I just think that's really. I think that's really strong. It's really simple, and it's very powerful. That's the triune nature of our Father. Yes. Be present physically, engage emotionally, and lead spiritually by example. That's the call to all you dads out Come there on. to uh, prioritize that physical presence. You can do it. Be engaged emotionally and lead spiritually by example. That's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. Rick, I thank you so much for that's your time. Good. It's a blessing to have the time with you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for the opportunity. God bless you. God bless God's people. Thank you.